Welcome to Character Inc.'s first episode of Wondering Wednesday, a podcast in which we answer questions that are sent to us about Christian parenting, marriage, family, language arts, writing, and grammar. The first question has to do with toddlers, preschoolers, and older children in story time. The writer wrote, I have a question about reading to my young kids. I have a four, two, and one-year-old. The one-year-old hardly sits still to be read to, but my question is specifically about the two-year-old. He's always asking me to stop reading as he has questions about everything on the page, or wants to count something, or he's flipping back through the pages wanting to talk about what we just read about. Again, what do I do? Let him be in charge of how we go through the book and what we talk about, possibly never finishing the book, or ask him to wait until the end of each set of pages, and then not let him turn them back, or tell him to be quiet the whole time. First of all, I would like to open this with a little bit of discussion about story time versus unit studies. Uh, Because we treated our story time much like we treated our unit studies, the same things apply to both. And our unit studies, which were basically the time in which we read content subject areas in the mornings, we had um, some basics that also follow suit in story time. The first thing is that story time and unit studies are privileges that are earned. They're not something that you automatically get to do. Thus, there was a readiness that needed to be reached in order to join story time or unit studies. In the case of story time specifically, we had some benchmarks. The ability to sit on the sofa and not get up and move around or not climb on sister's head or whatever, or in the case of reading in bed, lying in bed with everybody else without moving too much or getting up. This pretty much eliminated anybody under two joining during our regular story time. If these guidelines were not met and a child was trying to join into story time, but he was unable to, he just went to bed for his nap with books in his bed and one side of a story tape, and he could try again later in a few days. This is in lieu of a bunch of back and forth, begging the child to sit down, threatening the child that he's going to have to leave story time, and so forth. If you've heard us in our parenting seminar, Raising Kids with Character, then you've heard us talk about parenting in black and white as opposed to parenting in the gray. It's really important in laying down your standards and your guidelines for story time that you parent in black and white. That is, that there's not a lot of, please do this, please do that, sit like this, sit like that, but rather that the standards are known from the beginning and if the child does not follow the guidelines, then he or she is sent on to bed for the nap without being involved in story time. This is parenting black and white. You do this, this happens. You do this, this happens. Now this is not to say that there's not a period of time in which the child learns to sit in story time. And I'll get to that in just a moment. Again, just like in unit studies, we always talk to the oldest student or the oldest students. In our case, everything at first that we did was based on our two oldest kids. The other children could always join in on almost anything, but we emphasized our oldest kids for sure. This is often the opposite of what families with untrained little children do. If they do have, not have children who are two, three, or four, who are trained to sit at the table for a meal, trained to sit in story time, Um, trained to sit in church, whatever the important things are to you, then that makes 
teaching to the oldest much more difficult because we are constantly focusing on putting out fires with our younger children as opposed to training or enjoying whatever it might be with our older kids. This keeps us from meeting our older kids' needs. While we are meeting our little kids' wants, that is, I want this, I want that, I don't want to sit like this, I don't want to sit there, whatever, those are not needs, those are wants. So while we are meeting those wants, we are not meeting our older children's needs, educationally, spiritually, family times, and so forth. So in light of teaching to the oldest, we wanted our unit studies and story times to be the most effective that they could be for the oldest children. Again, while also enjoying our little kids. So specifically for story time, this is, these are some suggestions for helping children become ready for story time. First of all, a child who is not old enough to join story time every day in our household had his or her own story time. That was usually under two years of age. The older kids would clean the kitchen after lunch each day while I rocked, read to, and did rhymes and stories with the toddler. This was actually the beginning of weaning for us, replacing the new nursing with the toddler's own story time. This allowed the toddler to enjoy learning to read without interrupting the older story time. It also signaled a change in schedule, slowing down, etc., and it provided routine so that the toddler always knew what was next. If you've heard me speak in any of our um, prioritizing, scheduling, and um, organizing sessions, you know that letting children know the routine and getting them accustomed to it and letting them always know what's coming next is an important part of positive parenting. Now, I want to insert right here a note about the bus stop approach that we use both in unit studies and in story time since it applies to both. In the bus stop approach, we allow children to all be together for learning, whether it's unit studies or read-alouds. But then what we did was we dropped children off, so to speak, at their own bus station, whatever that might be, for unit studies. That meant that the child who was being dropped off could leave the couch and go on to the floor and play with Legos or go to room time or whatever it was time for. In story time, it simply means that the first children are done and they go on to take their naps, either falling asleep in the bed that we're reading in or going into their own rooms with one side of the story tape and picture books and then they fall asleep for their naps there. So with the bus stop approach, it is a good incremental way to teach children how to be involved in group learning, as well as in story time. So when it, how we applied this specifically to story time is that when it was time for story time, children who were old enough to join us uh, gather all of their books. I want to make a note here about as child special day. We always had what we called the child special day, or your day or my day is what they called it. And during that time, when it was time for story time, the child whose day it was got the book basket out that had our ongoing books. We did chapter books, nature books, animal books, Bible stories, family Bible libraries, hymns and poetry books, and so forth, that we did ongoing, that we would just put bookmarks in and then start the next day wherever we left off. He would get that ongoing book basket, and he would get two books. Whoever's day it was got to choose two stories for story time. And um, he would also usually gather some library books as well. Then, 
all of the kids would get one book and everybody would come to story time. Also, the person whose day it was got to sit closest, and his books were read first and last. When the child was able to come to story time but not stay the whole hour or two hours or however long your story time might be, that is when we implemented that bus stop approach. In this case, when this was happening, our child was learning to sit in story time, we always did the, the picture books first. So we would do the youngest children's books first in that case. Um, shorter books like the five in a row picture books, children's classics, whatever the youngest children picked, we would do those books first. And then once the two or three year old was quote unquote done with story time, in other words, his or her attention span was gone, then he would be dropped off at the bus station, i.e. his bed for naps. More often than not, they would just fall asleep right where we were um, if we were reading in bed before we even got to the harder books. But if we were on the sofa, I would send them to bed for their naps or when they were getting too fidgety and tired. Again, we're not um, ignoring the little children. We're teaching them and training them at all times, but we're also letting them have the privilege of joining the older kids in their activities. So then he would go to bed, and we always had the story tape ready. He would take whatever books he wanted and so forth. And then we would continue on with story time for the older kids. So specifically to this mom who wanted to know about her curious two-year-old, um, I have some specific tips for her. First of all, um, if a two-year-old isn't ready for even the easy part of story time, before he's ever dropped off to his bus stop, so to speak, uh, then I would consider doing a short story time alone with the two-year-old and the one-year-old. This is not only gives a child a chance to feel like he's not being neglected in story time, but it's also just a really good training time for him to, to move up to join. We always talked about how soon the child would be able to join us in regular story time, or how when you're able to sit through three books or four books, you get to come to big story time and so on. So again, it was a privilege that was earned, and the uh, toddler's story time alone was a good training opportunity. Now to her two-year-old, who can sit during stories, um, but likes to ask a lot of questions. This is really difficult because you want to teach your children to ask good questions, and we want to answer their questions. Um, if you've, again, heard us in our parenting seminar, you know that expectation explanations um, are one of the, the basis for good parenting. Um, but in the case of a child who is monopolizing, you have to balance that out. So in that case, um, I would consider doing any or all of the following that might help. First of all, you might let him choose the first book and tell him that this is his question book. For this book only, you can stop mommy, you can ask questions, you can flip back in pages, whatever it might be obviously within reason. If this is taking, you know, 30 minutes for one book, then you would need to limit that too. But this is his story, and you can use it as a quality teaching time for him. For the rest of the books that he stays in story time for, I would consider having letting him have one, excuse me please. Um, and that is one time that he can have you flip back, answer a question, and so forth. So that if something's really burning within him, he can choose to ask that question during that time. Then, let him take any of the books with him for his map that he has the most questions about, or that you know he wanted to look at more, and tell him that after his nap, he can bring the book to you for more questions. 
again, we're not shutting him down. We're not uh, neglecting him. We're just helping him channel uh, all that curiosity in a way that the entire family can benefit from story time. And again, we're focusing on the oldest children because the trickle-down effect is huge. If he is unable to do one, excuse me, please, then I would just say just do the one interactive book and maybe try to implement the excuse me, please, later. While you are trying to find what is comfortable for your family, always keep in mind the older children. Don't let story time turn into something that the older kids dread or something that they do not benefit from by letting littles, even though they are sweet and amazing, monopolize it. I hope this helps you with some of your story time problems. I do want to end this podcast with a cute story about story time. When our oldest, who's now 32, was around 10 years old, he decided that he was too old for story time. So when it was time for story time, we did our normal after lunch routine and everybody got in bed with our stories and um, we all began our reading. I heard something in the hallway and I sat up a little bit and looked out to find Joshua down in the hallway a little bit uh, towards our bedroom. I asked him if he wanted to come in and join us and he said no, he was just resting as he was sitting in the hallway. And then we continued to read, and the next thing I knew, he was sitting right outside the door and intently listening, I might add. And then the next book, he was on the floor beside us, and then before we knew it, of course, he was lying across the foot of the bed. Well, he decided that he wasn't tool for story time, and for probably another year or two after that day, he joined us every day with his books in hand for story time. So there we have our very first podcast one wondering Wednesday answering questions that might help you and your family in Christian parenting, homeschooling, marriage, language arts, writing, grammar, and homeschooling in general. Thank you. This has been Donna Reich with Character Inc.